Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. There was in the same city shepherd abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Many of us know as we come into this time of the year, this is the time that the whole world begins to prepare for one of the biggest celebrations in the whole of human history, the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And from this passage of scripture that you have read, we see that there were certain things that were going on before and during the time of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing you will notice from the verse of the scripture we read is that there was a tax decree that was issued by Caesar Augustus. The Bible said it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So that was going on before Jesus Christ was born. The second thing you see is that Joseph now, in response to that decree, Joseph now took his wife and headed for Bethlehem to be taxed. The third thing you see is that during that particular time, the Bible tells us that that was when Jesus was born. When they got to Bethlehem, the time came due for Jesus to be born, and Jesus was born. And because there were so many people in Jerusalem at that time, there was no room for them in the inn, and they had to go into the manger. And then we also see that as soon as Jesus was born, there is what is called the angelic announcement of the birth of the promised Messiah. There was an angelic announcement, and the Bible said, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. So, this was also going on while the whole world was busy counting themselves. 
the angels were announcing the birth of the Savior. And then finally we see that not just the announcement of the angel, you also had what is called the chorus of angelic praise. They were not just announcing it, they were rejoicing. They were singing praises to the Lord Almighty for the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. So these were some of the activities that were going on, that were going on in the background as Jesus entered into the world. And when Jesus eventually came, when Jesus finally came, if you go back to that verse number 13, the Bible tells us there, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. In other words, when Jesus was born, the angels were making the announcement, another group of angels, multitude, the Bible says, multitude of angels, heavenly hosts, they were just rejoicing and singing praise for the birth of this Messiah that has been promised over several generations. And the question that comes to mind is this. Why were the heavenly hosts, why were they singing praises to the Almighty God for the birth of a child that is inside a manger? Why were they so excited about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible gives us an idea why they were so excited. If you go back to verse number 10 of that same chapter, verse number 10 of Luke chapter 2, the Bible tells us that, And the angel said unto them, he said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. In other words, the angels were rejoicing and they were excited because they were giving the world a good news of what people have been expecting for a very long time. Number two, they were excited because it was not just the good news, it was a great news. Good news that will bring them great joy because this is something that for years they have been waiting for. Isaiah foresaw the coming of the Messiah. He was able to see the revelation, but the interesting thing is that he never experienced it. There were so many people who were looking for the coming of this particular Savior. And now that time came. And these were the people that had the opportunity to be partakers of this particular experience. They were excited because it was good news. They were excited because it was great joy. And they were excited because that particular thing is not just happening for one person. It's a good news for all people. The Bible says, the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. In other words, the angels were excited because they knew that what the world was waiting for, the solution to the problem of man has just been delivered. They knew that the solution, what will solve the problems of man, have just been delivered. The angels were excited because they knew that God had just put on human flesh and is now going to be dwelling among us. And that was why they were excited. You remember when God was dwelling among men in the Garden of Eden, what happened at that point in time? Man had no issue. Because God was present and answered whatever issue that man had, solution was present. Now the angels now said, God is now coming to dwell in the midst of his people. And because he's going to dwell in the midst of his people, you are returning back to Eden. And you are going to begin to have that particular fullness of joy in the presence of the Almighty God. That was why the angels were excited. And now some might be asking, why is that such a big deal? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh, why is it a big deal? What is so special about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ such a great joy to all people? Why? My brothers and sisters, let me suggest to you the first reason. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is great news of great joy to all people because, number one, His coming means the redemption of fallen man. That's what it means. The fact that Jesus Christ came, we can now be redeemed. That's why these guys were excited. 
man who have been sold into captivity of sin because of the fall. Because of the mistake of Adam and Eve in the garden, they have fallen. And now the redemption is now made available because of the coming of our Savior. That is why the angels were excited. Redemption is now possible. Number two, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is good news and great joy for all people because His coming means a provision of the perfect sacrifice for sin. Because Jesus Christ was given to us so that He can deliver us from our sin. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, in verse number 4, He said, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins, but a body you have prepared for me. This is the writer of Hebrews saying that. So you find out that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is important because it provides a perfect sacrifice for sin. And then the number three, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is important because it's coming makes the works of the devil will be destroyed. Now Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the very beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. That is the reason. That's why the angels were so excited. That's why when they saw Jesus come, they said, finally, man is going to be delivered. And my brothers and sisters, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is good news for you, good news for me, good news for all people, because his coming means a provision of the right mediator of a new covenant. In other words, all the things that have happened in the past, Jesus is going to set them straight. And the Bible tells us, but now we have obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. There was a covenant that was happening in the past. For sins to be forgiven, people have to continue to sacrifice. But Jesus Christ came to offer the one and only sacrifice for sin. And the angels realized that. And that was why they were rejoicing. But most importantly, most importantly, number five, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is a great joy and, and great news for all people because it gives you access to the covenant blessings of Abraham. It gives you access to the covenant blessings of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, reading from verse number 14. He said that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, which is you and me. Because only people who are of the covenant of Israel had access before Jesus. But now that Jesus has come, the Bible makes us to understand that because of his coming, we now have access to that covenant. These are the reasons why the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is very, very important. That is a good news and a great joy to all people. And all these reasons are why the angels were rejoicing. Because they could see that man is no longer where man is supposed to be. That God has finally decided to move man from that particular married clay of death of sin into a place of true fellowship. And please understand that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ made a significant difference, not just in the translation, but in the relationship between man and God. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ made a significant difference in the interaction between man and God. The first difference that he made in our interaction is that he brought reconciliation between man and God. It made reconciliation possible. John chapter 1 verse 12 tells us, For as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. So as soon as Jesus Christ came and gave himself for us, he said, as many who believe him, the Bible says that reconciliation is not possible because he now gave you the right to be called the sons of God. 
That only happened in the days when Adam was still there. But now that Jesus Christ came, reconciliation is possible. Number two, redemption is possible. As many as receive him, he gave them the right to become the sons of God. And then finally, our relationship that we're supposed to enjoy. If you read the book of Genesis in chapter 3, the Bible says that in the cool of the day, God will walk in the garden of Eden and he will interact with Adam. After the fall, man no longer enjoyed that kind of fellowship. But now, after Jesus Christ has come, that relationship is not possible. You can now walk with God in the cool of the day. The Lord can now minister to us individually. The Lord can now begin to talk to us as he talks to his own friend. And because of the coming of Jesus Christ, man was restored to the original standing with God before the fall. That is why the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is a big deal. And because of reconciliation, because of the redemption that Jesus made possible, because of the relationship that was restored and made possible by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we now have access to the original blessings of the kingdom through the coming of Christ. Because Jesus Christ came, and because he reconciled us back to God, because the redemptive power that is in his name, because of the relationship that he has now restored, we now have access to what God has made available to us from the very beginning. And the question then becomes, what were the original blessings of the kingdom that was restored by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? What were those blessings? I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let's start reading from verse number 26. The Bible says, And God said, Let's make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created them, male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. In other words, from this particular passage, what I want you to notice is that we'll see the original blessing that God placed upon man when man was in that particular perfect state without sin. And the first thing that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ restored us back to those particular blessings, and the first blessing that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ did for us was the blessing of fruitfulness. The blessing of fruitfulness. That is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first blessings that he puts upon the life of a believer is the blessing of fruitfulness. The Bible says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So as soon as Jesus Christ came, the fruitfulness that had been shortcut, that particular part of our life that is no longer as productive as it was supposed to be, what you find is as soon as Jesus Christ came, those particular blessings were restored into the life of a man. The next thing you see is the blessing of increase. And the Bible says that God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Increasing in body. Increasing in spirit. Increasing in soul. And Jesus Christ himself demonstrated this when he was on earth. And that's what we read every time we come together. We say, Jesus Christ himself increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with man, and in favor with God. The blessings of increase are part of the blessings that are associated with his coming. Not only that, it's the blessing of his restoration. The blessing of restoration. In other words, all the things that the enemy has stolen in the life of a believer, all the things that he has stolen in the families, 
all the things that he has stolen the life of an individual, the Bible makes us to understand that Jesus Christ came to restore. He said, for this cause, the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The work of the devil is that he has stolen from us. If you remember the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, he said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you may have life and have what? Have it abundantly. So there is a restoration that is associated with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who is associated with the Almighty God, the first thing you will notice is that in such a life, there will be no barrenness. There will be fruitfulness in that particular life. Number two is that you will see a life of increase. Number three is a life of restoration. And then number four is the life of blessings of control. And that control means that you have dominion over the circumstances around you. The Bible tells us in that Genesis number 1, He said, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. In other words, you are not supposed to be under the subjection of anything that is not of God. As believers who have been related with the Almighty God, we are not supposed to be living a life that is under the control of the enemy. Because Jesus Christ has already come and he has restored the blessings of control in our life. And then finally there is also the blessing of dominion. So be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. So we are supposed to be the one on top. Because of what Jesus has done for his people. And these are some of the blessings that came when Jesus showed up on the face of the earth. The unfortunate thing is that Many who believe, who claim that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many who are associated with the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many who are called by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ appears not to experience the blessings of Jesus that came with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the question is why? Why is it that those who are called by the name of the Almighty God do not seem to have joy the blessings of His coming? Why is it that the blessing that Jesus Christ came to restore in the life of the people of God is not manifested in the life of those who he has come to come live? And let me suggest to you that the reason why you are not seeing most of this thing is because, number one, many of those who are called by the name of the Almighty God have not yet met the God that they are calling. Many of us do not have that relationship with the Almighty God, and that is why the blessing of His coming is not manifested in our lives. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us, He said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Which simply means that as soon as you meet Jesus, something changes in your life. And that transformation should be able to attract the blessings that is associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if the blessing that Jesus Christ came to restore, if those blessings are not released into our life, there are two possibilities. It's either we have not yet met the Lord or we met the wrong one. Because if you met the Lord Jesus Christ, something new must happen. There has to be a revelation. There has to be a manifestation of what Jesus Christ came to do in our lives. Number two, why is the blessings elusive in the life of the believer? Why is the blessings elusive in the lives of those who are called by the name of the Almighty God? Number two is because of the refusal, the refusal to identify with the Almighty God. Matthew chapter 10 verse 33 tells us, But whosoever deny me before men, I will deny him before my Father which is in heaven. That tells us that 
as long as you are not associating with the Almighty God, as long as you don't want to be seen with Him, you don't want to be called by His name, you will find out that you will not be able to enjoy the thing, the packages that He has in store for His own people. Because you cannot with one hand want the package and with the other hand deny the person that is offering the package. It doesn't make sense. You cannot say at one point in time, yes, I love God, but I don't want to be seen with Him. I love God, but I don't want to be associated with Him in public. Bible is making us to understand that blessings of God will continue to be elusive in our lives if we refuse to identify with Him. Number three, many believers, many churches, and many of the people who are called by the name of the Lord are not seeing the blessings of His coming because we refuse to bear His body. They refuse to bear His body. Matthew eleven twenty nine said, "He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely, and you will find rest for your soul." So when the rest is not seen in the life of an individual, when an individual is not experiencing the promises that God has made for those who are walking with him, there is a problem somewhere. And Jesus is saying here that when you take his yoke and when you learn of him, he said, then you will find rest for your soul. But when you are not taking his yoke and when you are not learning from him, it means that you will not find rest for your soul. That's basically what he's saying. The blessings of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is elusive in the life of many because we simply refuse to take his yoke upon our lives. And what is his yoke? His yoke is very simple. You talk about the yoke of meekness. You talk about the yoke of surrenderedness. You talk about the yoke of love. You talk about the yoke of, uh, of brotherly kindness. All the things that are associated with the fruit of the Spirit, these are the things that God wants us to exhibit. He said that we should be able to live our life so that others will know that we have met with Him. When those things are not in place, what you will find is that the blessing that is associated with such lifestyle becomes elusive. A lot of us believers, we talk about the things of God, and most of what we talk about, we have not experienced. Because the thing that makes for a walk with the Almighty God is not what we say, it's what we do. And the Bible makes us to understand that the blessings are elusive because, number one, many of us have not truly met the Lord. Number two, many of us have refused to identify with Him in public. Number three, many of us have refused to bear His burden. Number four, many of us are living what is called partial surrender. Partial surrendered life. And what that means is that we are giving ourselves with some preconditions. In other words, this is how far I will go, I will not go beyond this. As long as serving you does not disturb my agenda, as long as it doesn't inconvenience me, as long as it doesn't make me to give beyond certain things, then, then I will serve you. But when it requires me to give some extra time, when it requires me to pray some extra prayer, when it requires me to be inconvenienced, when it requires me to be able to do the things that is making me uncomfortable, at that point in time, many of us begin to withdraw, we withdraw our consecration. So the Bible is making us to understand that the blessings of His coming is elusive because of what is called Pasha Sorena. We give, but we don't give the whole thing. Can you imagine give somebody a gift and then let's say you give somebody a, a gift of a car? And then you say, okay, I've given you the gift of this car, but anytime you want to come and drive it, come and take the key from me at home. And the person will look at you and say, what kind of gift is this? How can you give me a car and I'll come to your house every day to come and pick up the key to use it? That is not a gift. That is what is called gift with strings attached. Many of us are doing partial surrender. Lord, I will serve you up to this point. Lord, I will do this up to this point in time. Jesus is saying that anyone who puts his hands upon the plow and looks back, he says he's not worthy of the kingdom. 
So many of us are not seeing the blessings. The blessings are elusive because of what is called partial surrender. And then also, many of us are not seeing the blessings of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ because of what I refer to as the conformity with the world. Conformity with the world. In other words, we want to be like the people around us. Because we want to be like the people around us, we are not willing to stand apart. We want to talk like the people of the world. We want to act like the people of the world. We want to look like the people of the world. But the Bible makes us to understand that friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you want to be like the world, definitely you are going to be an enemy of the Almighty God. And because of conformity with the world, it does not make us to be able to go as far as the Lord wants us to go. It does not make us to surrender the way God wants us to surrender. It doesn't make us to be able to lay at the altar the things that God wants us to lay at the altar. Because we want to look like the world, the blessings of His coming will do what? And becomes elusive. And this same story is what happened to the children of Israel. The Bible makes us to understand that when God called them, His intention was that they were supposed to be a nation of priests. A nation of priests, whereby he'll be able to minister directly to them. But the Bible makes us understand at one point in time, they wanted to be like other people. First Samuel chapter 8, the Bible said, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, that we'll have a king over all, that we may be like all the nations. And our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. In other words, they wanted to be like the other people. They wanted to look like other people. And because they wanted to look like other people, they rejected the plan and purpose of God for their lives. And that is what believers are doing. There's a plan of God that he has in store for his own people. But because we want to conform with the world, we want to look like the world, we abandon the plans of God for our life, and we say, yes, I would rather go with what the world is doing. That is why the blessings and the benefits of Jesus Christ coming to this world is not being revealed in our lives. Knowing this particular challenge, who is the man or the woman who can begin to enjoy or access the blessings of heaven? Because one thing you must understand is that the blessings that Jesus Christ came to offer to his people, it is there, but there are conditions. Like every other thing in scripture, there are conditions for accessing those blessings. And who is the person that can access this blessing? The first condition. Or the first thing that we must realize, we want to access the blessings that Christ made available by his coming, is that we must realize that our dead spiritual condition. Anyone who is going to access the blessings of his coming must realize his own dead spiritual condition. In Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, For to be carnally minded is dead, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the laws of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are of the flesh cannot please God. So if you want to be able to access the things of God, you must first of all realize our dead spiritual condition, that God must be able to do a walk in your heart, do a walk in my heart, to cause us to be alive. You remember what the Bible tells Adam, he said that of all the trees of the garden you can eat. He said, but as soon as you touch this particular tree in the center of the garden, you are going to die. And the Bible makes us to understand that when Adam ate it, Adam did not die physically, but Adam died spiritually. And when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ came so that he can restore life and resurrect that dead spirit. That is why if you are going to benefit from the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, your spiritual life must be alive. 
your spiritual heart, your spiritual self must be resurrected again. And that is one of the first conditions for enjoying the blessings of His coming. Is the realization that you are that you are dead spiritually and you need to be resurrected. Number two, the second condition to be able to enjoy the blessings of His coming is to realize that our wisdom, our own understanding, is foolishness before the Almighty God. The Bible says, for the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. For they are foolishness for him. But nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There are certain things that no matter how wise you think you are, you are not going to be able to get it. Because these are spiritual matters that need to be discerned spiritually. And the Bible is making us to understand that if you are going to enjoy whatever God has in store for you, whatever God has in store for me, we need to realize that our wisdom, our own understanding, our own calculation cannot understand what God is about, what God is doing. And so if you want to tap into what God has in store, you must be able to lay those things aside and then connect with Him in the Spirit. That's what Jesus was telling that woman at the world in John chapter 4. He said, God is a Spirit. And those who will serve him must serve him in spirit and in truth. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook. Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.